Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's cover two time Warren. It's going to be a fun episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the Broncos, a lot about the 49ers versus the Los Angeles Rams. But of course, we got to talk about what happened in Denver on Sunday night. 49ers falling in a very weird 11 to 10 game. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't fun. Russ, unfortunately, uh, gets the 49ers again. But what did you think of 49ers versus Broncos? What was your reaction to the game? Of course, me and you actually watched the game together. What did you think about the game? And, you know, let just kind of give an idea of where you think this team is headed. Offensively abysmal. It was just hard to watch, man. Like, any, any of us that's a 49er fan, you get used to, like, the brilliant play calling and, you know, just the the special the specialness when it comes to offense with Shanahan. Yeah. Um. But this game on on Sunday night, it was just hard to watch offensively. I mean, it was it was it was hard on the eyes. Um, defensively, it was it was beautiful, man. Like if you're you know throwback football fan, old school football fan that loves like you know low scoring games, you know uh, brilliant defensive calls, um, just stuff like that. Like that was the type of game that you love to see. And defensively, like that's what we expected from the Niners from from the start of this year. So I was very pleased from what I seen defensively, especially against Russell Wilson, the guy that's given yeah. us headaches for years. But um, the tale of this game to me is just it's offensively how bad um, it just it looked on Sunday. I mean, I don't know if it was just Jimmy G not being there through camp, not playing in preseason, um, no chemistry, not having chemistry with the players. I mean, it was rough to watch, man. It was a rough watch on Sunday night. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think, you know, me and you were going over a little bit of the film as well, um, watching a lot of the All-22, and when it came down to it, Jimmy just didn't see some of the coverage. Uh, he didn't see some open receivers. Uh, maybe he got fooled a little bit. 
but there are definitely times that it seems like he just wants to go pre-snap read and then go with that. Um, and not recognizing that coverage is why he's missing open receivers. He's hitting those open receivers. Uh, you would definitely think this offense is clicking <clears throat> again. The Kyle Shanahan's still the guru that we all know he can be. But unfortunately, Jimmy didn't hit those. And you have to hit those plays because then that's going to loosen up that defense. They're not going to be able to absolutely clamp down in your run game. Uh, the Forners were still able to get a bit of a run game going, but not to the extent that they had in weeks one and two, which I think is going to be very pivotal for the rest of the season, making sure they have a run game. And we still have close to six weeks without Elijah Mitchell. They've got to get it done with Jeff Wilson Jr. Jordan Mason carried the ball one time. We'll see if he gets it again. Right. At some point, I do believe he was going to get another carry when Brindle had the, the bad snap with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so I think he will get an opportunity, but uh, also the four yards walk away with some injuries from this game as well, including Trent Williams. He's going to be out for a significant amount of time. You find out Eric Armstead's injury is actually, actually plantar fasciitis. He's going to be out uh, potentially for a while. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's one of those things you just don't know. He could play this week for all we know, um, but there's injuries for the 49ers and they're going to have to overcome those. And, there could be good news. You know, I mean, we could be having a Daniel Brunskill return. Hopefully uh, he's ready to go. But the answer at left tackle, Warren, on this offensive line looks to be Colton McKivitz. What do you think this offensive line looks like moving forward uh, for for at least four to six weeks without Trent Williams? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm nervous. I'm definitely nervous. I mean, in today's NFL, I mean, everybody's defense is built up front, you know, yeah. so everybody has a book in a book in or two book in. So without Trent Williams, you know, the number one, the number one left tackle in the league, it's it's going to be a problem, you know, like and I'm definitely worried about it going forward. I mean, I mean, this week you're playing Aaron Donald. He predominantly, predominantly plays inside. Yeah, um, he's like the main factor you really look for on this Rams defense. But I mean, still like Trent Williams is a leader out there. You know, like all the guys look to him across the line and, you know, not having that leader out there on the field is it, definitely a problem. And then, I mean, if you look across the league as well, um, most, team, most teams are built with athletic quarterbacks. You know, the Niners, we got Jimmy G. Jimmy G's back at the helm and he's not the most athletic quarterback. I mean, in a broken play, he could scramble for a few, few yards or not, but you don't look for him to scramble as much. So losing Trey Lance is really going to hurt us even more not having Trent Williams, you know, because – when you have those sandlot plays, those plays where they where 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 everything breaks down, you kind of look for your quarterback to make a play. And without Trent Williams, you know, and not, without having a uh, um, athletic quarterback, man, it could it could spell trouble. Yeah, you know, it was just in 2019 that the Warriors <clears throat> suffered injuries along their offensive line. You know, they had Lakin Tomlinson at left guard, but you know, Joe Staley got hurt. Mike McGlinchey got hurt at right tackle, and they had to go with Daniel Brunskill and Justin Stuhl, and they were able to continue to win. Uh, because they had an extremely good run game going. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Now, that is what your reliance needs to be on because Colton McKivitz is a good run blocker. So his strengths automatically are run blocking. Now, for everyone on this offensive line, that's pretty much how it goes. Their strengths are run blocking. Absolutely. I worry about Brendel's strength <clears throat> overall, uh, but his quickness is not being questioned. He's, he's able to get to the second level and get to contact. This isn't able to hold those blocks. I do have a little bit of concern about this Offensive lines, the 49ers start facing third and long situations. If you're going to consistently face third and long, we're going to put Colton McKivis in situations where he's got to get into a uh, traditional pass set, him and Mike McGlinchey. That doesn't spell success for the 49ers overall. That's the part I get worried about. Now, you're right. Aaron Donald doesn't predominantly play outside. However, in the NFC Championship game last year, 
they did put him on Colton McKivitt sometimes. Here's the difference. Last mm-hmm. year, though, they had Vaughn freaking Miller. Uh, oh, and Vaughn Miller was huge to go you know, with their other edge rushers that they had. They don't have as much talent at the edge rush position. They gave up an edge rush uh, talent to get a you know Bobby Wagner, which helps their run game, helps their run defense. But I think actually putting Aaron Donald out on the edge on early downs would hurt them. The Forners would be able to run the football up the middle. So I think it is one of those things where you might be able to get by against the Rams because they don't have Miller. Against Miller, I think this would be really a struggle for the Niners. Um, but it could be a good matchup for them overall defensive line-wise. But that's saying that Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford are going to be able to help uh, handle Aaron Donald. And I'm really worried if Donald ends up with some situation where he's on Jake Prindle. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I said, I'm definitely worried about it. Honestly, I think the way Shanahan's going to attack this is like he did, like he has done in the past. Like I think he's going to take the pressure off the passing game. You know, get creative with the running game and you know have uh, jet sw- jet jet sweeps, right? Yeah. yeah, jet sweeps and and just creative ways and getting rid of the ball quick. Yeah. You know, three step drops. You know, screens, bubble screens, stuff like that, just to to take the ball out of Jimmy's hands. So Aaron Donald's not creating ha- havoc in the backfield because, I mean, nobody in the league could block this man. You know what I mean? Like, he's just... Daniel Brunskill. <laughs> if there is anybody, it is Brunskill. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely expect Shanahan to get creative just to mix things up. And and Shanahan just knows how to play the Rams. You know, he knows how to play call. And he, it seems like every time the Rams come on the schedule, like, Shanahan just hits a groove, like, automatically. So, um, I definitely, I definitely expect him to get real creative this game and, you know, take some pressure off Jimmy G in that passing game. Yeah, you know, it was just last year that the 49ers were struggling on offense going into that Monday night game versus yep. the Los Angeles Rams. And then the 49ers reeled off 31 points and blew them out. You know, I mean, they really took care of business. And the way they did it was they used a unique run game. Some of the screen passes take pressure off their offensive line. And that was kind of how they went about it. Now, they also had to adjust to moving Jeff Wilson Jr. in motion to kick out edge rushers and ends. Uh, by kicking those guys out, those outside linebackers, they were able to run inside. And when they added Von Miller after that, it made it a little bit more difficult. But that's how the 49ers went about it. Later on, what the 49ers started doing, instead of having Jeff Wilson Jr. just kick out that edge rusher, sometimes he would go up and hook him, and then they would go outside. That was their variation. That got to the Rams in Week 18. The 49ers were able to use that on them. When it came to the NFC Championship game, the Rams were kind of ready for all of it. Now, the 49ers right. were still winning by 10 in the fourth quarter. They were doing enough. Their defense is probably a little bit better, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I wonder what kind of you know scheme the 49ers come up with. The little thing they haven't showed the Rams yet. They've always got something ready for this Rams defense who will employ six, seven defensive guys on the line of scrimmage if needed. Now, I scream every time I see six or seven guys on the line of scrimmage, there's two options. If you have six, they don't have enough guys on the outside. Run the toss plays outside. Those win every single time against that set. Or secondly, throw the football and you might have to just put some trust in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I'm sure is going to scare a lot of people. But every other team in the NFL that has an NFL caliber starter, uh, they throw the football when they get an eight and nine man box. You just have to be able to do that to loosen up. If not, it's going to be a long day. I agree. I agree. And the Niners have to stay out of third and long situations. Yeah, have to. It's going to be pivotal for this game. Yeah. So let's talk about Jimmy G Um, winning with Jimmy G at quarterback because as much as we'd like to talk about what Trey's offense would have done or if Trey would have beat the Broncos, 
Trey's not going to be playing the rest of the year. It's going to be Jimmy G. It's not going to be Brock Purdy right. as much as people call for it. It's not happening. Stop it. It's going to be Jimmy. Unless this goes off the rails and the Niners lose like the next 10 games, then why not turn it over to the kid? But that's not going to happen either, not with this defense. But Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback, Warren, what is the recipe for success to win with Jimmy G? Run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's run the ball. I mean, with Jimmy G, I mean, you have to you have to dominate in the running game. And some so much just plays off the running game. Because if we're if we're successful in the running game, then it just opens up everything uh after that. I mean, play action is just wide open. So to me, the number one thing with Jimmy is just it's it's stay ahead of the sticks. Like I said before, we can't get into third and longs. Like when when yeah. it's third and long and the defense knows it, they're just gonna pin their ears back and they're they're coming after us, you know? And you gotta make you gotta make Jimmy make decisions. And that's when that's when you have the Niners where you want them. But when the Niners are running the ball, we're 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 getting about five yards a pop, you know, we're staying ahead of the sticks, we're not in third and long. The defense don't know what's coming. So for me, the main key for the Niners to win with Jimmy is just we gotta we gotta run the football. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot about how Kyle Shanahan figures out how to get different personnel groupings out there. So <clears throat> one of the ways to be able to attack a defense like the Rams is you want them to have their base personnel on the field while you have skilled players that can win. You have a Kyle Yushek that's able to catch 24-yard passes down the field while toe-tapping along the sidelines. <laughs> Not very many people have that. No. But if you have Kyle Yushek, George Kittle, and a running back, if that's Jeff Wilson Jr., on the field at once, you have an opportunity to get them in base sets with matchups that you like. We saw them use Debo Samuel down the sideline against a linebacker for a big play down the field. I think those are key ways. So it's going to be about Kyle Shanahan putting guys in position with personnel groupings and formations to get matchups he likes. It's not so much a focus on the run game, which I know would be the normal thing you would want to say with Jimmy, but it's about getting those matchups and then executing. Because what you want to do now is take the pressure off the offensive line and Jimmy Garoppolo. One of the easiest ways to do that is to go outside and run those screen, those tunnel screens, mm -hmm. the smoke screens. Uh, that gets the ball out quick. You know, offensive line doesn't have to worry. But also, if you can do that, but add an extra layer. So the next layer needs to come is they need to go ahead and act like they're running those screens and then take a shot down the field. Uh, running a fake block style system. You've seen Debo Samuel get beyond. I think that's also one way you could attack it. One more thing. Corners do run a little bit of RPO. If you put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun, and you run an RPO. If that linebacker moves, you can normally throw that, you know, that ball to that open receiver. Here's the problem. They've been running that robber look. So now it's time to change the read and have somebody run an RPO. Um, but make it a make it an actual play where you don't send your offensive lineman down the field, but give that same sort of a look and then have your running back break up the field and take advantage of that robber. I think that could be something the foreigners could go to attack. I agree. I agree. And I would love to see, I would love to see more double moves in the secondary. Yeah. Because when the Niners, when we, most teams that play us, they just come up to the line of scrimmage. They, when they see Jimmy G, they don't really expect him to beat you over the top, you know, but I mean, we've seen a little bit of it, of it in the playoffs when we played the Dallas Cowboys where the double moves were just, it was killing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was brilliant, you know, because like I said, when you, when we go into this game against the Rams, the Rams know us, you know yep. what I mean? We know the Rams, the Rams, they don't think Jimmy G can beat him over the top, but a double move, it, it, to me, is just be open all game. So I would love to see more stuff like that um, implemented in a, in a game plan for the Rams, especially in, in division teams that know us so well. But um, I always fall back to the running game with Jimmy G, man. I just, I hope, I hope we have the running game going with, with Jimmy G as quarterback.
It's definitely a lot easier. You know, yes. you talk about the double moves. The one thing you have to make sure you have if you're going to run double move is time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this offensive line has to pr- you know promote a a nice pocket around Jimmy Garoppolo so he feels comfortable to be able to throw. Because if he starts getting someone in his face, now he can throw with a player in his face. He's proved that multiple times. He'll take a hit. Um, but he likes to kind of get a little bit of happy feet and then doesn't get his full body into the throws. And if he's trying to throw those double moves down the field, he needs to have his lower half involved and be able to really torque his, his body, get the ball down the field. And talking about arm fatigue is never a good sign for the quarterback that didn't have a full training camp. So right. I think there are opportunities for those. I'm sure Kyle will try to dial some of those up as the game goes on. But how these edge rushers and outside linebackers play against this 49ers team going to dictate the success that Jimmy Garoppolo has. If they have to commit to stopping the run, Jimmy's going to be able to get outside the pocket with rolls and half rolls and then be able to locate receivers downfield. Let's see what Kyle ends up scheming up. There is ways to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, the easiest way is just to run the freaking football <laughs> successfully. And if that happens, that's good for Jimmy. That's good for Colton McKivitz and Mike McGlinchey. Um, But there's other ways to do it as well. And Kyle's got to find as many creative ways <clears> as he can. And I think a lot of that goes into his personnel using them uh, in the ultimate ways that he can. I think we could also see a little bit of misdirection. Get Debo going one way with the run game. Come back with Danny Gray or, or Brandon Ayuk on a little bit of a counter play like they ran in 2019. Those things are going to start coming up as the defenses get more uh, aggressive trying to stop the 49ers run game. Agreed. Now let's talk about this defense because dang, this defense is good. I think they're championship caliber what do you think, Warren? Is this this 49ers defense championship caliber? It's special, man. It's special given given the facts that we don't have Jason Ferrett and we don't have Jimmy Ward, you know, like yeah. the the performance they put on against Denver, it's like, I mean, what more could you ask for? You know, I mean, your defense pretty much I mean, they went out there and laid it on the line. Like, you get a performance like that every week, you're gonna win a lot of games in this league. You know, the defense was just I mean, what what can you say? I mean, besides that one drive at the end where you know, it's hard containing Russ the whole game. You know, you know Russ is gonna make when when the, when it's clutch, Russ is gonna try to make plays. You know, when it comes down to, you know, a minute, two minutes left in the fourth quarter, Russ is gonna do whatever it takes to put it make sure his team to, uh finishes on top. So uh, but the overall performance from the defense was just, man, from all three levels to me was just it was magnificent, man. Like I, you love to see it. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, right? They give up the one drive and then they come back after the Jimmy Garoppolo interception and get another stop absolutely Uh, the defense was fantastic four sacks against russell wilson always good um there were opportunities once again to create turnovers i think if there's an area of criticism to this defense it would have been not capitalizing on those turnovers uh but that's just i mean that's That's just being that's being picky right (laughs) uh because that overall they played so good they're stout emmanuel mosley once again played good charvarius ward i thought overall the defensive line did a good job I mean, anytime it's four sacks and it's four different players that are putting pressure on, including Kevin Givens, Kerry Hyder, Greg Jackson, and of course our guy, Osa. <laughs> um, it's it's just it's it's fun to watch. This front seven is really good now. Of course, Aziz Alshire doesn't come <clears throat> out of the game unscathed. He's going to be out close to eight weeks, according to Kyle <sighs> Shanahan. He's got a similar injury to Elijah Mitchell, but it shouldn't really matter that much because they don't play base sets that much. Now, they did play him a lot in this game, and especially the Broncos down the end of, end of the game. Knowing that Aziz is out, they put the Forge in base 4-3 and made Demetrius Flanagan fouls come in and play. He played 21 snaps. Uh, the week before, just to, to show you what I'm talking about against Seattle, Aziz played 19 snaps. 
Um, so there's not that many. Now, there's also more snaps for the Broncos offense or uh Broncos on offense than there was for Seattle on offense. So the defense was just out on the field. I think that's what played into also the scoring drive for the Broncos. But overall, I think this defense is great. They're great at all three levels. A great defensive line. Uh played even it almost held under 100 yards without Eric Armstead, uh, which is fantastic. Great. Linebacker group is great. Dre Greenlaw was all over the place making plays. Uh Fred was doing everything that he needed to do. And then the secondary continues to play well. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point though, with just with the whole turnover situation. I mean, we had a few opportunities where it would have been it'd have been clutch if we got those turnovers oh, where yeah. where uh Melvin Gordon, I believe he fumbled a couple of times. Yeah, Melvin Gordon had the one I know in the middle where uh Traveris Ward knocked it out. And then I th- right. think he was the one that uh Samuel Womack knocked right. out as well. Right. And he hadn't he hadn't put the ball on the ground since he played for the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe. Oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have been I mean if you get or those two the Kansas Chiefs in like twenty eighteen, <laughs> I don't remember. If you would have got one of those two turnovers, that could have been the difference in the game. So it, yeah. it, it was it was I'm super I'm super eager about the performance the defense put on. Um, but like you said, just those turnovers. If we would have got one or maybe two of those turnovers, we might be talking about a whole different story right now. Oh, I think so. You know, I, I, I do think that it would have been big. Um, I think asking the defense to always, you know, create those turnovers is, is tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I think, you know, if you're going to be championship caliber and you be that Ravens 2000 quality defense, you're going to have to create turnovers every single game. And everyone has to do their part to help this offense right now as they're trying to get their footing. I think the change from Trey to Jimmy has been not as seamless as they were acting like it was going to be. Um, Kyle definitely has got some things to work on. <laughs> but this defense is going to keep them in every single game because um, they, they're good at all three levels. They have talent at all three levels. And I think that's something cool. Now, one thing that came out of this, though, Warren, was Diameter Lenore started over Samuel Womack. Womack logged two snaps in this game. One, he knocks the ball uh, to the ground. So I'm wondering what you thought of Diamond Lenore's play, number one. And number two, what did you think about them deciding to go with Lenore over Womack? Um, Lenore, to me, he played well. You know, I have nothing really bad to say about him. Um, from what I've seen of him this year, he, he looks good. You know, he definitely looks um, he looks more improved than what I've seen last year. You know, I know last year he he had a pretty good preseason. And then once the season started, he kind of he began to struggle. Um, but from what I've seen of him this year, I think he looks good, and he looks more natural playing uh, playing the nickel position. Uh, this week, you know, they're going to have their hands full. You know, either either if it's Womack or if it's Lenore against, you know, everybody knows the, the man, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Cup. So he's going to have his hands full this week. But I was definitely confused on why he got the start over Womack. You know, I mean, sometimes, you know, we go into, we go into games, we're, we're, we're expecting to see this player, you know, and – that player doesn't roll out. You're just like, okay. Then, then the 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 ball starts rolling in your head. Like, what's going on? Is he is he in a doghouse? You know, is he not practicing hard? A la um, Ayuk. You know, like what's what's the issue? You know, like everybody was surprised to see Lenore roll out there with the one. So, um, but from what I seen with him, what I seen from Lenore, I was I was intrigued. He played well. You know, um, but the Niners definitely have they have a problem, a good problem. Because, I mean, you have Verrett that can play the nickel. Then you got yeah. Womack, and you got Lenore. So it's like, man, I mean, the Niners are going to have to figure that out, what they're going to do with that. But it's, I was definitely surprised to see that turn of event. I was surprised as well. Uh, they hadn't really moved Lenore to the nickel corner spot, you know, until late in the process. He got some time in the preseason. I thought he looked pretty good. 
Um, but Womack had appeared to have taken the spot. Now, I had made a couple of comments over the last couple of weeks that I thought Womack missed on a few plays. Um, no one's going to talk about that, though, because everyone really likes Womack, me included, but uh, they kind of you know gloss over some of his mishaps. I think Womack is a really good player, but he's not a good at- as good a tackler as, as Diamond Lenore. Uh, when you get into a game like this, you're going to play a, a physical team. You want to have a guy that can make a lot of those tackles. So it made sense to go with Lenore. Kyle Shannon just blatantly said Lenore's looked really good in practice, but we decided to go with him, and I thought he played really good. Basically, Diomedo Lenore outplayed Samuel Womack and took the job. That's basically <laughs> what Kyle Shannon's saying, and that's okay. You know what both of these guys are? Fifth-round picks. Diomedo Lenore has one extra season playing in the NFL than Samuel Womack, who's right. a rookie. Uh, Womack's coverage skills are probably better than Lenore's overall, but Lenore adds a- added aspects that you don't have with Womack, including tackling. Now, Womack, though, two plays, puts, gets the ball put on the ground. That's just something he does. He has a knack for yeah. causing potential turnovers. So I don't know if that's going to end up you know, causing him to eventually get himself back in the lineup. But one thing I do know, because you brought up like work ethic and all that, Womack is one of the hardest workers I've seen at training camp. He's always one of the first guys out working. Um, so I don't think it's, he's going to get outworked. I think he just got a little bit outplayed, and that could be some of his greenness of not understanding the scheme all the way. Um, and also just kind of the matchups. But it was an interesting thing overall to see Lenore out there. wonder if it continues because you're right. Cooper Cup is looming. Tyler Lockett got some good good yardage in week two. It could have been another reason they decided to go with Lenore. Uh, we'll see who gets tasked with the plan of taking away Cooper Cup. Probably going to be a multitude of guys. So this is going to be interesting overall. One thing like you brought up, though, Jason Verrett. How Shannon said they're getting close. Verrett and Jimmy Ward. A window could be opened as soon as after this football game. So next week, we could start seeing uh, conversations about Verrett and Ward practicing, which means their return could be on the horizon, which is good news. And, of course, it'll be a three-week window that they have open. They can bring them back at any point then. means at least they could be back by Kansas City, which that would be really nice. We'd probably need them then. That would be ideal. (laughs) That would be ideal. That would be wonderful. And let's talk about 49ers versus Rams. Uh, we we talked about Cooper Cup a little bit, and we're going to talk about Niners' biggest concern. You, is Cooper Cup the biggest concern, or what's the biggest concern for the 49ers? There's, I mean, when you when you're talking about the Rams, there's two guys you have to name. There's there's Aaron Donald and is Cooper Cup. I mean, those are two of the guys you have to worry about. Matthew Stafford really doesn't worry me. He to me, he makes mistakes. Yeah, like as the game goes on. You, you expect, okay, when is Matthew Stafford going to make the mistake? And 10 out of 10 times, he's going to make that mistake, that costly mistake. So I really don't I don't worry too much about him, but Cup <clears throat> and Donald are their headaches because the guys, they, they they go crazy. And Cup, um, he's hasn't really killed us in the past. You know, like he hasn't really, like you see him, um, you see him like uh, during the season against some of these other teams, and he really has big days. Against the Niners, he hasn't really had a monster day, but you know he could really he could really hurt us. He's one of the players that could really hurt us. Um, so on offensive for defense, he's the one that really worries me the most. And then Aaron Donald, I mean, I mean, I don't even really need to explain it. I mean, the guy is just a problem to deal with from 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 kickoff. You know what yeah. I mean? Aaron Donald is just a beast. There's a reason why this guy is what what is he the three time defensive MVP player of the year? Yeah. So, um. Those are, to me, the two biggest issues the Niners have going into this week. But we know the Rams. You know, the Rams know us. Uh, we played them three times last year. We got them twice this year. So 
Um, you would think by now that the Niner coaching staff knows how to handle these two. Yeah, I think it's all about limiting Cooper Cup on, you know, for the defense. Um, they did add Allen Robinson, so they're going to have that effect. But they're without Van Jefferson. There's no Odell Beckham. So you're relying on Vince Karanik, um, who's from Notre Dame. He was, you know, he's been in the league now a, a year. So uh, they got him, and then they got Powell as well, the speedster. So those are the guys that they're going to, you know, ask to make plays. So the four yards could go in, and if they are able to man up to take away uh, Allen Robinson, if they can put Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley on them and take him away, they're going to be able to put two guys towards Cooper Cup because I don't think anyone thinks they're going to double Vince Skoranek and that any of these other guys can't handle him. I think that's a good matchup for the 49ers overall. Skoranek's not overly fast. Uh, he's not really slippery. Um, so I don't think they have the wide receiver core to stretch you thin as far as the secondary. So it is Aaron Donald, in my opinion, because the 49ers are coming off an injury to their starting left tackle. Donald can cause all kinds of problems. And in the run game, a lot of times, if Donald was lined up on the guard, then he could be blocked by Trent Williams. So you had help. Uh, you could help, especially Lakin Tomlinson before or Daniel Brunskill, who pretty much owned Aaron Donald for most of the, their competitions against each other. <laughs> um, so I think that Donald is a wrecker of the inside, and I worry about him being able to create penetration and get into the backfield, especially if we get into any third and long situations. I don't feel good about Aaron Banks and Spencer Burford going against maybe one of the greatest inside you know, defensive players in the history of the NFL. To me, that's always a bad matchup, especially for two young football players. Right, right. And going back to Divas a little bit, I mean, we're going to find out about these nickels. Yeah. You know, we're going to find out about uh, Lenore. We're going to find out about Mo or Womack. And so we're, we're going to see. We're going to see, like, who is the man, to be honest. Is it, is it Womack? Is it Lenore? Because when you go up against Cup, I mean, Cup won the Triple Crown last week. I mean, last year. Yeah. He had, the, what, most touchdowns, most yards, and most receptions. So when you line up against that guy, and I mean – you could you could hang with him, you know, for for a full game. Like you'll earn your respect. So um, we'll find out today, uh, this coming week, who's going to be the starter at that nickel position. Yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun matchup. I look for the four years to use a variety of other defenders to help bracket coverage. Absolutely. Cup at times, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get Talano Hufanga. You're gonna get Tayshawn Gibson. And you're probably gonna get some of the linebackers that are gonna be hanging around these nickel corners to help take away Cup when he's in the slot. And all the while, you're hoping you can cover on the outside, but you should be able to. Uh, if if Allen Robinson is able to get it going against the the Niners, they could end up being problems because then you have to pay some attention to him, and you're not able just to go with a you know a, a single guy on him. Um, that's one of the things you got to find out: is Robinson going to be that guy? Right. Uh, we'll see. The Niners, you know, if you think about it, the big plays were Odell Beckham. You know, they were uh, Van Jefferson. They were the ones who made big plays. Jefferson's on IR. Uh, Beckham is not able to play because the injury he suffered last year. So it's a different style of offense. Let's see what happens when we get those guys out there. But now let's talk about the 49ers' biggest advantage versus the Rams. Biggest advantage versus the Rams, I think, is just how comfortable we are with them. Like how much, how Shanahan games plan game plans for the Rams is just he absolutely dominates these guys. You know, and it's it's almost to the point where it's it's sad. Like you look at the Rams and they look defeated. You know, and I think the biggest thing that the Rams just can't deal with when it comes to playing us is just our physicality. You know, the Niners come out and they punch the Rams in the mouth. You know, like they can't they can't handle Debo. You know, Debo's physical. He comes off when especially when they run the jet sweeps and you see you watch some of the highlights and how he's running over their players and yeah. just it's like it's deflating to them, you know, because they're not that type of team. They're they're more of a finesse team. So when the Niners come out and they just hit him in the mouth, like what we what we do is just they 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 curl up, you know what I mean? Like the Rams are just 
they're not physically they're not just physically there with the Niners. So honestly, I think that's just our biggest advantage going into the game because we know what it takes to beat the Rams. We know you come out, you hit them in the mouth, you know the reaction you're going to get from them. They're not going to hit you back. You know, they're just going to run and hide. So that's our biggest, to me, I feel like our biggest advantage going into this game is just, just dominating them. I like that. I like the physicality aspect. I mean, it was them, right, that said they need to bring that physicality in Week 18. Jalen Ramsey coming up, you know, making the big hit on Debo. Debo doesn't even go down, he thought it was uh, but he, he acts like he's Ronnie Lott, and he absolutely, you know, <laughs> laid him out. And I love Jalen Ramsey because I'm a Florida State fan. I've been loving Ramsey for a long time. But come on, kid. Come on. Now, Debo, Debo still snatched your chain, and you're the one that delivered the hit. Um, I, I think you're right. The physicality is a big part of it. Right. Uh, there are other aspects that are going to play a part of this, and that's what I'll talk about. He's a physical player, is Jawan Jennings. I think Jawan Jennings is a huge advantage for the 49ers because Jalen Ramsey can take away one of these receivers. He can go in there and try to take away Debo or Brandon Ayuk or even George Kittle. That could be their goal. Um, but after that, is you start wearing thin on guys that can. There's... There's no more Weddle. Uh, now it's Taylor Rapp in the safety position. He's going to be able. Is he going to be able to do it? You have a different starting corner on the other side. Them being able to match up with these guys, they're going to have to have safety help on whoever's opposite of Jalen Ramsey. Which means if you occupy Bobby Wagner or the other safety with George Kittle, it means who's lining up on Jawan Jennings. I think that's a matchup mm-hmm. issue. It proved to be a matchup issue in Week 18 where he's wide open. He's making third down contested catches. All the while, he's big and physical in the run game. So you know if you get in that personnel setting, you're, you can take advantage of their nickel corners. Uh, so I think Jawan Jennings is going to be big in this, and that's a lot of what you're talking about, the attitude, because nobody brings the attitude right now this season like Jawan Jennings. Absolutely, absolutely. And and another thing about this game um, where I think the Niners have the uh, the big advantage is, is just like what's going on between the ears. Like the Rams, they know that – what they beat us what how many times in the past four like what five six years it's like one time in the last seven matchups that the rams have won and it was the nfc championship game. so it's a it's a mental advantage like the like the niners we know we dominate them and the rams they know they struggle when it comes to the niners so it's mentally mentally we're in their head you know they they know like this is the game that they need to win this is the game where they got something to prove you know and and that matters that matters in these contests especially when you're playing um, these division games, you know what I mean, where yeah. the teams like they know each other so well, and and McVeigh and 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 Shanahan, they have the relationship that they have, you know. But it's definitely in these players' heads, and they're thinking about this. So that is another key, to, I feel like, to this game that uh, that's definitely going to come into play. Yeah, and, and when the lights have been shining the biggest against the Rams on Monday Night Football, and the Niners have been playing their best, uh, it was just last year Monday Night Football, and the Niners went absolutely ham on them. Oh, yeah. and, and, and took care of business. That's when you got Debo in the, you know, the end zone laying on his belly, kicking his feet, um, all that. It, it's just, I mean, the Rams, the Rams are a good football team, but they lost 11 starters. Uh, one of the advantages that we didn't even talk about is Nick Bosa against this, this offensive line because Whitworth isn't there anymore. And without that big time left tackle, you're going to be able to get a nice pass rush. And I mean, no boom's not bad, but um, this offensive line has some weaknesses in this 40 yard defensive line. It's probably better. I wish Armstead was playing. I don't know for sure if he's out or not. We're going to find out as we get closer to game time. But um, having an inside presence is going to be important. So these other defensive linemen are going to have to do it. We'll see what happens. But I'm definitely excited. But Warren, come to that time for you to make your score prediction. 49ers versus Rams, Monday Night Football. Who you got? Oh, man. So I was wrong last week. I picked the Niners to win last week. Um. 
to me, this is a big game. The Niners need this game. Uh, we can't go one and three. Uh, we go one and three. You're starting to look at this team like, can we really make it to the Super Bowl? Are we really a playoff team? Like, what happens from here? Oh, I, I feel good that we're back in Levi's. That's what I do feel good yeah. about. Um, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I don't think either team will win running away. I have the Niners winning. I have a, I have the Niners winning this game. I think we pull this one out. I'll say 20, 23 to twenty, San Francisco. I like that score. I mean, that's a good score. I think that's that the Rams would have had the biggest offensive output against this Forty ers defense if scoring twenty points. I mean, the Truly. Niners have only given up nineteen. They're giving up just nine point three uh, points per game. It's tough sledding. That's why my game prediction is for the Forty ers to win the game twenty to sixteen. I don't think the Rams get more than 20, but I don't think this 49ers offense is exactly going to get rolling either. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the 49ers <laughs> offense just gets rolling. hope Jimmy Garoppolo goes in there and just carves them up. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But um, I think that you know they, they make the necessary adjustments, and the 49ers walk out of this game feeling better about their season because they'll be 2-2, two and two, tied with the Los Angeles Rams uh, for the NFC West, which means they're in fir- the Niners would be in first place. I think if you told me after the first four weeks, the four years would be tied for first place with two NFC West division wins, I would feel very comfortable about their chances to make the playoffs and overall win the NFC West. I agree. And then you have, you're going into Atlanta where, I mean, Atlanta really doesn't put fear in you with Marcus Mariota. Yeah, it'll be Carolina, then Atlanta. Carolina, then yeah. Atlanta. So you have two two NFC South games where both teams are, they really don't put too much fear in you. You're dealing with Baker Mayfield and, and Marcus Mariota. So we can get this win and then put, and then rattle off two more and get the four and two. I would definitely like our chances, and I would start feeling more optimistic about this season. Yeah, that would that would make me feel a whole lot better about uh, <laughs> what's coming after that because then it'll be Kansas City, yeah. the Los Angeles Rams again for the second and last time of the season, and then right after that bye week, the Los Angeles Chargers, which takes on a little bit of a different uh, thought process right now. They're not playing very They're well, struggling, yeah. and they lost Joey Bosa, who had surgery on the groin. Uh, so we're not going to have Bosa versus Bosa. So it, it does take on a little bit of a different makeup, but that's still a good football team. But that may have become a winning football game Absolutely. with Herbert and the way that they're struggling. So uh, Fortiers need to take advantage of the wins that they can get. Uh, they did not with the Chicago Bears. They did not with the Denver Broncos because they should have won those. Hopefully they capitalize and beat the Los Angeles Rams. They definitely are capable. But we're not going to know until Monday night football going to be a good one, Warren. Yeah, it's going to be a long wait. I mean, I always – I hate waiting after losses. Yeah. I just want to get back to it so we can get back on the winning side of things. But um, I'd love to see it, man. The Rams the Rams on deck. I mean, we always turn our season around when the Rams are on. So. That's right. Last year, you know, they beat their big big victory against the Rams. Right. Maybe this is the catalyst to get this season turned around as well. Um, and, and maybe everything gets fixed. And maybe some guys looked at themselves in the mirror, pointed at each other, you know, and, and let each other know, hey, this is what we need to do to get better. If they did, then this this team can definitely move forward. They have the players to do it still. Even with the injuries, they still have enough talent to be able to win football games in the NFL and especially in the NFC West. We get we get Jimmy Ward back next week, right? Oh, uh, we'll see. Jimmy uh, Ward could be back. They're going to open that practice window. I don't know if he'll play against Carolina. It might be one of those things. They open the practice window and let him and Brett practice for a couple weeks. They probably don't need him against Carolina or Atlanta, but could really use him against Kansas City. So Absolutely. Uh, we'll see what they do. But thanks, everyone, for watching 49ers Cover 2. It's been a great episode, Warren. Once again, uh, we're just rolling through these things. It's a lot of fun. I've been having <laughs> a is. lot of fun with them. Looking forward to next week as well. And if you guys are watching this, don't forget to watch Jay and the Bay's What's Good episode that's coming out 
later today. And then, of course, this weekend you can watch uh, what's the game plan where I go over the X's and O's of the game plan against the for, for, against the Rams. So the 49ers have had a lot of film to be able to uh, learn how to attack this Rams defense. I think Denver also put on display exactly the blueprint to try to stop Jimmy Garoppolo in this offense. So tune in for that. I think it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm looking forward to all of it. Uh, but Warren, another good one. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for next week. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We'll catch you guys on the next one. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.